Hello, this is Jungle Jim. Jungle Jim at your service. Oh, I'm so excited about what I get to do today. We are going to read the Christmas story. No, we're not reading a story about a, a jolly old man in a red in red pajamas flying around being pulled by a, a sleigh of eight tiny deer that can only fly in the rain. No, no, not that kind of Christmas story. The true Christmas story. We're going to talk about the birth of Jesus, Son of God. Oh, and, and, and in fact, I'm so excited that I actually, for those of you uh, just listening or watching, I've got the whiteboard here and I drew a Christmas tree and it's got a star on top and it's got uh, some, some ornaments on it. And, well, yes, I, I would have put more ornaments on the tree, but there, there were budgetary constraints. And, so uh, money problems. But anyway, yes. So I, I even got, oh, I can't wait to show you a Christmas hat. Here we go. All right. It's red and it's got all this little white fluffy stuff. And, and so here's my Christmas hat. Okay. Where did everybody go? Uh, uh, for those of you just listening, uh, there seems to be technical difficulties with my Christmas hat because it's hanging in front of my face. Oh, oh I know. I, I must have it on backwards. That, that, that's the problem. Oh, yes, yes. Here we go. Same result. I, I can't see anyone. Oh, okay. What's it? What do you mean this is not a Christmas hat? It's a... Oh, a stocking? This is a Christmas stocking? Oh, goody! That means I can hang it up and maybe Mrs. Double Jim, she'll put some candy in here or, or maybe a baby toy hippopotamus. I don't know, but ooh, maybe some chocolate covered broccoli. We don't know, but oh, it's gonna be so good. Okay, well, all right. So it's not a hat, but I at least can still use it for Christmas. Oh, goody, goody, goody. All right, well, we'll just go back with our tried and true Jungle Jim hat. It's okay, all right? Don't, don't be sad. You are only going to be replaced temporarily, all right? So now we're wearing our Jungle Jim hat, and let's see, where were we? Okay, Valentine's Day, no Halloween, no, oh, yes, we're talking about Christmas. Now, before I can read the Christmas story, it's a little bit important to understand the backstory. No, I'm not going to talk about how the chiropractor saved Christmas. That's a, that's a bad doctor. That's a different kind of backstory. No, I'm not going to talk about how I tweaked my back the last time we, we moved. It was, well, yes, I know you're laughing at me, Jungle Jim, you can go there. <laughs> well, I tell you what, that was the heaviest feather I had ever tried to pick up, let me tell you. So yes, but my back's a little better now, so yes. But that, no, the back story is the story that takes place before the story we want to tell. And this is the most amazing of backstories because it takes place all the way before God created the universe, the earth, before he created us. You see, God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit came together and decided that they wanted to create a new race of life. No, not the 327-yard dash or the 412-meter dash. But, well, yes, those would be new races 
new races of life. And, but, but no, no, they wanted to create new life. Mankind, humanity, people, boys, girls, men, women, you and me. And so that is what they did. They created an entire universe in which we could live. God did it all. Six days, and on the sixth day made man and woman in his own image, in their own image. God and Jesus, the Holy Spirit, they made us in their own image, their own likeness. Now what does that mean? That's kind of odd. Well, yes, but if you read about God in the Bible, you'll read about all his emotions. They're the same emotions that we have. You read about how he looks. He's got the head, he's got eyes, ears, hands, feet, just like we do. See, we were made in his image to look like him. We don't look like a hippopotamus or a rhinoceros or a tree. No, no, no. We look like God, at least to some extent, although God is much more brilliant in his appearance. So yes, but most of all, God created us in his image so we could have the, learn to have the same values that he has, to love him as he loves us. Oh, he loves us with all his heart. And so he wants us to learn to love him with all our heart. He wants us to love everyone around us. That means everyone we see, him, her, them, the, them, those people here, those people there, the people I know, the people I don't know, my family, my friends, my strangers, my enemies, everybody. God wants us to love them. He wants them to matter to us. We care about them and what happens to them. And when we see the suffering, we try and help them because what is going uh, in their life is, is very difficult and so we want to help them and we want to tell people the good news about Jesus including <laughs> the Christmas story. Now there's one more important thing to remember about God creating us in his image and that is God has freedom to do whatever he wants but he uses that freedom to choose to do good to choose to do what's right. Now, sometimes he has to do some very difficult things. Another story for another day. But yes, he has the freedom to choose. And so love, God being love, he knows that love has to grant freedom at first. Freedom to choose between good and evil, right and wrong, obey or disobey, even how to load a dishwasher in such a way as to drive those of us who know how to load a dishwasher properly crazy. Oh, sorry, I, I, I seem to have touched a personal nerve there. It, uh, uh, forgive me, it, uh, my, again, my apologies. But yes, we have the freedom to choose to obey or disobey God. You see, God, sometimes he says, don't do that. Like your parents are saying, don't touch that. And then I know what your children are thinking. You're thinking, <laughs> oh, I can't wait till my parents are not looking. And then I can touch what they told me not to touch. No, when they tell you not to touch something, it's for your safety. It's because they love you. Or because they're highly concerned about the safety of the thing they, that they told you not to touch. So yes, God says, don't do something, don't do this, and yet sometimes we do it. 
That's disobedience. Sometimes God says, I want you to do this. Like your parents, as they clean your room, and you think, oh, <laughs> that means take more stuff in my room and throw it on the floor and make it messier. No, that means they want you to put things in its proper place, make your room look cleaner and better. But yes, sometimes we don't do that either. And that's also disobedience. When God tells us to do something, we don't do it. When he tells us not to do something, we do it instead. This is called sin. And the bad thing about sin, it separates us from God. It makes it very difficult to have a relationship with God. It's almost like sin makes us move out of the house to where we can't live with God anymore. Sin merits punishment. We have to get consequences for our sins. And the problem is, as we grow older, we sin more and more and more, and the punishment for sin is, is, is you know, it, it, there's more and more punishments, and it's worse and worse and worse. And so we need someone to save us from all the punishments that we either have earned or will earn as we live and disobey God more and more. We need somebody to rescue us from that. Somebody who can take the punishment for us. And no one could do that except for Jesus. That was the plan. God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit knew that if man ever disobeyed, the day would come that Jesus would need to go to earth, live life like we do as a human being, as a person, face all sorts of temptations, all sorts of um, you know, people and, and even Satan himself, God's terrible enemy and other things, urging him to do wrong, but he would refuse, always refuse, never do what is wrong in God's sight, never disobey, and thus never earn any sort of punishment. And then Jesus would say, Father, let me take the punishment for them. And that is what the plan was. And now the time had come for the plan to be put in motion, for Jesus to leave heaven where God and he lived together side by side and to become God's son. And that is the Christmas story. We read about it in Luke chapter 1. Only if we put on our reading glasses, says John Cochin. Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Okay, some of you children are thinking, Jungle Jim, who are all these people you're talking about? How am I supposed to understand the Christmas story if you don't explain it to me? Okay, let's, well, calm down. I will very quickly, as best I can, try and explain the other backstory, if you will. So many, many years, hundreds of years before Jesus ever came to earth, there was a man named Abram. Later, God changed his name to Abraham. We're not going to get into how to pronounce his wife's name. 
at least not initially. It was later called Sarah. Most of you know that's a kind of a sore spot from Jungle Jim. But yes, Abraham and Sarah, they had a, God blessed Abraham because he trusted the Lord mightily. And God said, through your seed, that is to one of your descendants, all the nations of earth would be blessed. God was talking about Jesus, that Jesus would be a descendant of Abraham. That's what Mary was. She was a descendant of Abraham. And so was her husband, Joseph. Abraham had a son named Isaac. Isaac had a son named Jacob. God changed Jacob's name to Israel. And thereafter, all his children, all his descendants, the children and the children's children and the children's children's children and the children of the children of the children. You know what I mean? They were known as Israelites, Hebrews, later Jews. And in Jesus' day, the country of Israel had two parts, two states, if you will. The northern state was called Galilee the southern Judea. And so Mary and Joseph lived in a town in the northern section of Israel known as Galilee. Now, there is another thing to explain, but I will get into that in a moment. So an angel, angels are kind of like us, but they live in heaven. They live by God, with God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and they get sent on special missions to help mankind and this angel Gabriel was sent to deliver the most wonderful message to Mary and so he says greetings you are highly favored the Lord is with you Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be but the angel said to her do not be afraid Mary you have found a favor with God. Oh, so often God does not want us to be afraid when he tells us good news, when he gives us mission and purpose, when he appears to us, however, whatever form that might take. Now, sometimes we do need to be afraid of God when we want to do the naughty, naughty stuff and disobey, but that's not this story. He said, do not be afraid, Mary, you found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. And, uh, excuse me, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, there's a lot to explain here. Now, in Israel's history, at one point they had a king, a king named David. And he was a man described as a man after God's own heart. He loved what God loved. He hated what God hated. Wasn't a perfect king. He did have some major mishaps. But yes, God loved David so much and God promised David that one of his descendants would, would become a king that would reign forever. And God was talking about his son, Jesus. Jesus destined to be our king, the one we obey. Now there's other things to explain here. And I know parents what you're thinking, oh my goodness, how am I going to explain this to my child? Let Jungle Jim take care of this. Trust me, when you've told a story about the man who had ended up with four wives and 13 children, 
you get some practice at this kind of thing. But yes, let me explain it this way. Don't panic, parents. God has gifted women with one of the most beautiful of gifts. Girls, when they grow old enough, their body changes to a point where it has the power to grant life to another human being. Little baby boys, little baby girls can come to life inside of a woman's body unless something's just wrong in certain, certain parts of the body. Unless something's wrong, women, baby boys, baby girls can start to come to life inside them. And they start out teeny, 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 tiny. And then they grow, and they grow, and they grow. And eventually, after about nine months, the baby is so big it is ready to come out into the world and live separated from its mother's body in a process called birth. When this happens, a life forms inside a woman, she'll say, I'm pregnant. Meaning, there's life inside of me. It's growing. And when the baby comes into the world, that's birth. Now, the other word you've heard here in this story is virgin. The whole problem, uh, I don't know if you'd call it a problem, it's just the way God designed things, is that this, pro this process of a baby coming to life inside a woman can't start without the help of a man. And so Mary being a virgin simply means that she had never received this assistance from a man that a baby might form inside of her. It was, it's impossible without the help for a woman, without the help of a man, for a baby to come to life. And so Mary hears these words that she's going to have a child, a baby boy is going to start growing within her, and not just any baby boy, a boy that would be called the Son of the Most High, the, the Son of God. And so Mary asked, how will this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The Holy Spirit is kind of like God and Jesus' closest friend, greatest companion. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The power of God will overshadow you, Mary. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant. Oh, God, and I jungle Jim. I'm your servant. Oh, she said, I am the Lord's servant. Uh, she probably wasn't wearing a jungle Jim hat at the time, though. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Now, who was Elizabeth? Well, she was an older relative of Mary. And she was barren, meaning that, that word means that something is wrong with Elizabeth's body. She never was able to have a baby boy or baby girl. And when a body gets too old, women lose the power to grant life to new life, for new life to form within them. And so... Elizabeth was too old now, and yet God had brought it about that her alongside her husband were able, she was able 
to conceive a baby boy. A baby boy started to grow within her. And he was already six months he had been growing. And he would later be born and called John the Baptist, the greatest prophet that ever lived and the one who prepared people for the coming of Jesus. Nothing is impossible with God. And so Mary trusted the angel's words and said, she's the Lord's servant, let it be, let it be that so. Okay, so what happens next? What happened next is that Joseph, he found out that Mary was with child, but he didn't know what to do because it's supposed to be the husband who helps a baby form within a woman, within his wife. But he hadn't helped her. So who had? How did she become pregnant with a child? Joseph didn't know what to do. So let's see what God did to help Joseph. Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So Joseph was thinking about calling off the marriage with Mary and do it very quietly because people back then would have, would have shamed Mary. They would have said many evil things about Mary. And Joseph could have raised a big fuss himself saying, you let some other man, you let some other man uh, create a baby within you. So I, I'm, I'm not going to be your husband. And so, but Joseph, he didn't want to embarrass Mary. He was a good person. Uh, verse 20, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, meaning Joseph was a descendant of that King David. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Once again, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what the Lord asked you to do. Because what is conceived in her, in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save the people from their sins. Now, Jesus, is the name has meaning. Your name has meaning. Mine does as well. But the name Jesus, it means basically the Lord saves. And that's what Jesus came to do. He came to save us from all the punishments from our sins so we could be forgiven of them and be in relationship, be in the house, so to speak, with our Father God. Okay, um, again, the angel says, she will give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. It had already been said long ago. Hundreds of years before this happened, a prophet said the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. One of the names for Jesus was Emmanuel and it literally means God with us. That's what he did. He showed us what God is truly like. 
When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. So meaning Joseph waited to have any other children than Mary until after Jesus was born. Now I know what some of you are thinking. Jungle Jim, there's supposed to be a manger and some shepherds and some wise men and, and you're not telling the whole story here, Mr. Jungle Jim. Okay, true enough. There's much more to the story of the birth of Jesus than what I've read so far. But we've kind of run out of time. Please forgive me, I talk too much. But yes, we'll cover that in our next video, our next podcast. Thank you for listening. This has been Jungle Jim, like Mary, Jungle Jim at your service.